There was a group of people that would study all these religions. And when Paul came to them, he saw what they were doing, and Paul sees an opportunity. Wow, man, these people are religious. I'm going to give them the gospel. And I'm going to speak to them right where they're at. You know what's going to speak to them? To the unknown God. The God that they really didn't know. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today in the book of Acts. Pointing to the Apostle Paul's bold witness to a group of truth seekers, Roll will urge you to be more proactive in sharing the gospel. Stay with us for assurance that when you choose to speak openly about your faith and launch yourself outside your comfort zone, the Holy Spirit will fill you with His wisdom and words. Here's Raul Reese in the book of Acts. Chapter 17, beginning with verse 1 through 9. And now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews there. Now, Thessalonica was 35 miles west of Apollonia. It became the seat for the Roman governor and the capital for the entire providence. About 200,000 population. It was named in 3015 BC for the wife of Cassander, a stepsister of Alexander the Great. It was the capital of the providence of Macedonia with a population of about 200,000. It was an important commercial center, a free city governed by the people, not by government or Rome, by the people. And we notice it was Paul the Apostle's custom to go first into the synagogue before going into the city anywhere else he'd go right into the synagogue and the reason he would go into the synagogue was to preach Jesus Christ to preach Jesus Christ he was a Gentile he was a Jew Roman citizen but also remember he was a Jew also by nationality so you guys I have a message for you And that message is Jesus. Verse 2. And then Paul, as his custom was, which he did, went into them and for three Sabbath reasoned with them from the scriptures. Three weeks. And Paul knew God's word that the Holy Spirit would be the one to convict, the one that would teach through his life, and the Holy Spirit would teach, and those scriptures would become powerful to the point of convicting people. Convicting people of sin. And what did he preach? How Jesus came, how he died, how he rose, and he's coming again. The most important thing was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Explaining, demonstrating that the Messiah had suffered and risen again from the dead and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Messiah. Read Psalm 22, read Isaiah 53, and you'll blow your minds, he tells them. Preaching, teaching the word of God. 
It's so clear that Paul the Apostle presented the proofs from the Word of God concerning what Jesus did and how he died and how he rose again from the dead. And Paul here is trying to teach us tonight the importance of preaching the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, to anyone that we come across with and to let them know that. Verse 4, And some of them were persuaded, some believed. Not everybody believes. And a great multitude of devout Greeks or Gentiles, not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas. Amazing. They came to that place where God had not only led them there, but what God wanted to do. But the Jews who were not persuaded, these they said, that accepted Christ. Becoming envious, jealousy now, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, set all city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. I mean, just incredible Jason, a common Greek name. Probably a Jewish host whom Paul and Silas stay with in their home as visitors. But... When they did not find them, Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out. These men, I want you to memorize this. I want you to mark it over and over. He says this. These men, or these who have turned the world upside down, or let's say right side up better, have come to here too. Wow. I love that. What a great, great accusation. These who have turned the world upside down who come here too. Man, how we need that today. I want to turn the world right side up. I want to be not somebody. I want to be what you want me to be. I want people to hear what you have to offer us and to give us free in that salvation. You gave us your life when you died on the cross and you came and you delivered us from this world and you have given us security by being in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another King Jesus. In verse 8 he says, And they troubled the crowd and the rulers, that's the city officials, And of the city, when they heard these things, so here they're hearing all these things, and it's upsetting them, verse 9. And so when they had taken security from Jason, the rest, they let them go. They go, you know what, you guys? We don't want any trouble. Let's let them go. Let's let them go to stop what? To stop the people from rioting. And then verse 10 to 14, Berea. Berea is about 40 miles from Thessalonica. And uh, the story was repeated at the synagogue again, witnessing faith in opposition. And there is one difference. It is said that the Bereans were more noble. And you know, this may have to do with their class and background through a likely means of noble character that is free from prejudice, impartial. And this was also displayed in their being willing to search the scriptures and to test the truth of Paul's message. I hope you do that with me. Make sure that what I'm teaching you're examining, that I'm not deceiving you in any way. Make sure it is the word of the Lord. 
Verse 10. And then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night. They had to sneak them out because they wanted to kill them. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue. They just, Paul always went, first of all, to the synagogue, the house of God. Now, Berea was 50 miles southwest of Thessalonica. Again, they had to walk. Verse 11, and these, the Greeks, were what more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out where the these things were. So, wow, men underlined that whole scripture. What were they doing? They were checking out the word of God. Is this true what they're saying? There was a group of people that would study all these religions. And when Paul came to them, he saw what they were doing, like these philosophers, scholars, and Paul sees an opportunity. Wow, man, these people are religious. I'm going to give them the gospel. And I'm going to speak to them right where they're at. And you know what's going to speak to them? To the unknown God. The God that they really didn't know. Which is so cool how he'll do that. We'll get that there in a moment. Verse 12. Therefore, many of them believe, and also not a few, they were Greeks or Gentiles, prominent women as well as men, women and men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came also to stir up trouble, the crowds. If you remember, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells you about the rapture of the church. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, he tells you about the coming Antichrist, what's going to take place. So it's pretty cool because what Paul does, he gives you doctrine, he gives you history, but he also tells you this is the future of the church. This is where we're going. And he gives you the assurance that the church will never, ever go through the tribulation period. Never. You got to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amazing chapter. John chapter 3 verse 1. And then you have 1 Peter chapter 2. We have all these chapters that you can read and understand. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. And you go through all these scriptures. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to help you strengthen your faith as you anchor yourself in God's Word. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You can also download our app for convenient access to a wealth of Bible-based resources. Let's rejoin Roll now for the final part of our study in Acts chapter 17. And so he says, what? So Paul, they came also and stirred up the crowds. Verse 14, and then immediately the brethren, the Christians, sent Paul away again. They take Paul and they protect him 30 miles now to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. They stayed in that city, but Paul had to leave. Man, everybody wanted Paul. Everybody wanted Paul. Paul was a leader. He would lead people to Christ. Man, I hope that as leaders, we lead people to Christ, never to ourselves. We all have to come to that place in our lives to be leaders. Leaders in the kingdom of God. Leading your children, leading your friends. People need Jesus. 
You have Jesus. You can give Jesus away for free. And that's the way Paul was. Paul always looked for opportunities to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when people were after him, what did they do? They protected him. They loved him. Of course, Christ protected him. These guys love Paul. They love Paul. Paul, you got to leave. You got to leave now. And then he goes to Athens. Those of you that have trouble with us, remember when we went to Athens? Man, what an incredible city. Rome, incredible city. Athens, an incredible city. Because when you come to Athens, there's a lot of gods they used to worship. I'll give you some of them in a moment. But coming to Athens here, while Paul waited for Silas and Timothy, he was kind of stirred up by the sights which he saw in Athens. He was really blown away. The idols everywhere, very religious. They love philosophy. They love wisdom. And the testimony was everywhere, but the witness that they had was not only in themselves, but Paul saw something of deepness. He saw the emptiness of these people. So what does he do? He looks for that opportunity. The Stoics, who were pantheistic and self-sufficient, took Paul to Mars Hill in order to hear him further. Now remember those of you who went Mars Hill? And you walk down this little hill here. You walk up, and Paul gathers there, and he, gets, he begins to speak to the unknown God, to the philosophers. He says, let me tell you about the unknown God that you worship. Man, he gets it right between the eyes. Listen, verse 15. And so those conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, to hurry up, they departed. And now while Paul waited for them, his spirit was provoked with him. Notice how beautiful that is. His spirit was provoked within him. His spirit was stirred up. Man, Lord, here are some big opportunities. When he saw that the city was given over to idols, for example, you have most idols like Athena, Hades, Apollo, Zeus, Ares, Aphrodite, Hera, All these gods, they worship. And Paul goes, cool, I'm going to tell you of one God, the real God. I love that. I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't matter what people believe. It's what you believe. Because if you believe in Jesus, you're going to give them Jesus. That's what they need. And he says again, verse 17, And therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews again and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplaces daily with those who happen to be there. Imagine he's walking down the market where they're selling all these things. When you go to Athens, you see that. Verse 18. And then certain Epicureans and Stoic philosophers, they're philosophers, encounter Paul. Can you imagine? Paul goes, all right, here's my opportunity. The intellectuals. And Paul is an intellectual. But with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, what does the babbler went to say to us? They call him a babbler. Others said, he seems to be proclaimer of foreign gods, plural. Verse 20. He says, for you are bringing some strange thing to our ears. What is it you're saying to us? We never heard this. Therefore, we want to know. 
what these things mean. I love that. Now God has them open. Paul says, now I got them where I want them. I'm going to give them the gospel. Hey, we want to know what he's talking about. Verse 21. For all the Athenians, notice, all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spend their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Some new thing. Never Never something that is solid, some new thing. Hey, did you know that this person, did you know that this philosopher, did you know that this God, and I mean, all these things going around. Verse 22. And then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men of Athens, he's standing right there in that little hill. I perceive that in all these things you are very religious. I see you guys are religious. For as I was passing through, Paul says, and considering the objects of your worship, Paul says, you know what? I found an altar that said to the unknown God. <laughs> and you notice in your Bibles in capital letters, to the unknown God. Let me tell you this. Therefore, the one who you worship without knowing him, I'm going to proclaim to you, Paul says, here it comes. And then verse 24, God who made the world, notice creator, Genesis, everything in it, that's us. He is the Lord of heaven and of earth. There's no other gods. He rules. He says, notice, and does not dwell in your temples made with hands. Wow, man, cut, cut, cut. Imagine that. I mean, they're sitting there, what do you mean by that? Nor is he worship with men's hands. Man, you guys chisel out your little gods. He's not made with men's hands. Not with a hammer, not with a chisel. Hey, God is the spirit and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Man, they're like, okay, Paul. Nor is he worship with men's hands as though he needed anything since he says he gives to all of us life, breath and all things. Notice, he does not need anything, but he, what we need, everything from him. Everything from him. And isn't that true? Every day I need Jesus. Every hour, every minute, every second I need Jesus in my life. Especially when I'm going through something in my life, man, I need him immediately in my life. And when I come to that place and I say, Lord, you know that I need you. Where are you? Hey, listen, he's not far away. He's right here in your heart. He's right here in your heart. That's what the Bible teaches us. If you're going through something in your life, you're sitting back here and you feel like there's no God in your life, listen, he's there. You've got to have faith in him. When I put my faith and trust in him, let me say this, I can sleep like a baby at night. And if I don't have peace in my life, I can't sleep. The enemy comes in like a flood and begins to put doubt in my mind. It begins to put fear in my heart. For there is no fear when we worship the Lord. We are comforted. Man, we are loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to answer my prayers, not according to my time, but according to his divine precious time. God will answer every one of us here. Verse 26. And he was made from one blood, every nation. You see, you got to go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve. One blood. 
one nation of men to dwell in all the face of the earth and has determined their, notice their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their indwellings. God already has an appointed time for all of us to die. Appointed time. If we really believe that, how are we going to live our lives? This could be your last night. How are you living your life? How am I living my life? That if this is my last night, am I going to be able to say, Lord, I'm ready? He goes on to say, verse 27, and so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Notice that he's right there, close as your tongue. He says, verse 28, and for in him, I love this, we live, we move, and have our being, as also some of you, our own poets, have said, for we are also his offspring. Notice how beautiful that is. All the time, he says. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped like an art and man's devising. You see, he tells this is not God. This is real God. God is a spirit, and those that worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, God made, God made us for himself. He made us for himself so that we could be with him. Verse 30. Truly, these times of ignorance, there it is. God overlooked. Hey, he knew when you were a heathen. You didn't know any better. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. Now we are accountable. Why? Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus left. Jesus is coming again. He is real. Without excuse. Everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. There's a day of judgment coming. The white throne judgment and then the bema seat of Christ. The bema seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 10. And then, of course, Revelations chapter 20, 11 through 15. The white throne judgment. Then he goes on to say, Men who he has ordained has given assurance of this to all by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. It's going to happen because of the resurrection. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some were mocking like today. Some mocked while others said, we will hear you again in this matter. Hey, we want to hear more. You want to hear more faith. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. I love that. Some believed. Among them was Dionysus and an Arabagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So God went ahead and touched people. Well, as we've heard today, the Holy Spirit works through believers to point people to Christ, but ultimately, He's the one who convicts and leads them. 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. To review today's message, call us at 800-634-9165, and we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just mention today's teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 17. Now, for more encouraging insights into how the Holy Spirit can empower and direct your life, we'd like to offer you a four-lesson series from Rawl. Available on either CD or flash drive, this study will help you better understand what it looks like to walk in step with God's Spirit and carry out the kingdom-building work He's called you to. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to place your order. We'll send a USB drive to you for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. The phone number once again is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you choose to write us, is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Be sure to utilize our many free resources. Join Rawl for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time and discover more ways you can honor the Lord in your daily life. Rawl is also happy to answer your Bible questions and respond to your prayer requests. Email him directly at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. To listen to any of these programs at your convenience, download the podcast by going to iTunes or Spotify. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you for partnering with us and sharing the hope of God's Word. Join us next time for another galvanizing lesson from the book of Acts. You'll get a challenge to honestly consider whether your life reflects God's love and lordship as you follow the leading of His Holy Spirit. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.